You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 222 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine Saturday? I'm doing great. Uh, doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. It, it is a, a wonderful Saturday. Um, we've got hockey underway already. Laval is playing as we speak. A new coach for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, that's interesting. And and listen, I, it, it sounds like there's a, a richness to your voice, a little more character to your voice this week. Yeah, uh, I've, I guess, been dealing with some sort of a flu or a cold all week, so I like to think this is my sexy voice, so I'm glad to bring it to you here on this podcast. Appreciate that. Uh, just a little reminder for you, Rick, because I know you've been burned by this before. There are some 1 o'clock NHL games happening, so if uh, you haven't started your players in fantasy, uh, I think you got a couple moments here to do that now. <laughs> well, I think I'll, uh, I'll take that under advisement as well. Uh, there's some NFL, there's three NFL games today, and they're starting at, at 1 o'clock, uh, including my Minnesota Vikings. So uh, for those that need a reminder about their fantasy football lineups, better get those done too. Yeah, but for now, uh, the most important thing, What's coming up on this episode? What we're going to do here is we'll get you all up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week, a couple games and whatnot. Plus, we'll give you an update on the Habs prospects. Uh, Looks like World Junior uh, rosters are completed, so we'll let you know who made it and who got cut. In segment two, Future Watch, predicting the success of the rebuild. So we're going to take a look at the Habs rebuild so far, and uh, we're going to predict where they could end up in the next three years. Then in segment three, of course, it's the Have Your Say segment, the Canadians Connection question of the week. Where will the Canadians be in the standings three years from now? We want to make sure we hear from you. And if people are interested in letting us know or just interacting with us in general, Rick, how can they do so? Okay, everybody, we're going to say it together. You must know the phone number by now. It's our Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Uh, Send us a text 24 hours a day, anything that's on your mind. 
Uh, if you have a little bit more to say, you want to send us an email, that's uh, you can send to info at allhabs.net. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website, canadiansconnection.com. Taking a look at the games that happened this past week, there were five of them. Make sure you check out the comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Canadian's game at allhabs.net. Going all the way back to December the 10th, the LA Kings come into Montreal. It's uh, Phoenix Copley starting in net for LA. Phoenix Copley being from North Pole, Alaska, and naturally <laughs> because it's December, he gets the win in that game. 4-2, to two, uh, LA simply looked like the better team than Montreal in that one. Uh, was not impressed with Montreal's game. This was a game where um, after uh, spending so much time on the, the top line, Kirby Dock was returned to center. Um, but that experiment only lasted uh, two periods. Back in the third period when uh, Marty St. Louis was, was uh, looking for some offense, Dock, Suzuki, Caulfield reunited but uh, not able to uh, make this one close at all. Yeah, L.A. Uh, with the easy victory here. But a couple days later, Calgary comes into Montreal, and uh, Montreal continues to own the Calgary Flames. They win in the shootout 2-1. to one. Uh, Jakob Markstrom for the Calgary Flames. That was his best start of the year, I think, so far. He's not had a great season yet, and um, it wasn't quite enough as Montreal did come away with the shootout victory. Both goaltenders in this one looked terrific. Um, I agree about Markstrom. He, he looked great. Back to uh, the form we haven't seen from him this year, and... Uh, uh, I, I thought it was uh, a, a, a really good goalie duel. And, and as you said, uh, for whatever reason, the Canadians have the number of the Calgary Flames. On December the 14th, uh, Montreal took a quick trip down to Ottawa and they lose 3-2 to two in a game that made me rip all my hair out. Uh, <laughs> Montreal outshoots Ottawa 10-5 to five after the first period. They look like they're in full control, but they failed to capitalize then in the second period, Ottawa gets a quick goal, and uh, they end up winning after uh, the second period. 3 nothing. Uh, Montreal takes five different penalties in that period, so just continuously putting Ottawa on the power play. In the third period, Montreal, I guess, makes a fake comeback, and they lose 3-2. to two. Yeah, um, it was... Well, Marty St. Louis um, has been relatively calm, um, and, uh, up until this point, but he kind of showed his emotions after this one. He was not happy. Um, Yuri Slavkovsky, w- w- who I thought had his best game of the season against Calgary was not good in this one. Um, he sat out most of the third period, uh, pinned to the bench. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, not happy with, uh, Kirby doc, uh, uh, either. And, and, uh, the, pe- his misconduct penalty that he took. Yeah, the Slavkovsky penalty in the second period, uh, closing hand over puck, that's a very avoidable one, especially taking that in the offensive zone. And then uh, obviously Kirby Dock getting three penalties in the second period, one of them being for abuse of the official. Um, You really got to keep your cool. I think Montreal let their emotions get the best of them there. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, the next day for the back-to-back, Anaheim comes into Montreal and they win 5-2. to Uh, outside of Suzuki and Caulfield, Montreal basically could not generate anything against the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks were up 2-0 after the first. 
And then the Habs get outscored three to two in the third. Um, not a good game, and uh, the curse of the reverse retro seems to continue. Yeah, they haven't they haven't won this season um, with the reverse retro, and and you know you'd think that uh, this should have been a pretty straightforward win. Um, in thirty games this season, Anaheim had won just once in regulation. Uh, now they've won twice. Um, the, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, they're not a good team. They, the, you know, they're on their, their Eastern, uh, trip, uh, to Canada. Uh, they were, um, uh, outscored seven to nothing by the Leafs. They were shut out, uh, by the Senators. Uh, but I think they, they look pretty good against the Canadians, unfortunately. The Canadians' record currently 14-14-2. That's 30 points and 23rd in the NHL. That could change as early as tonight. Uh, Ottawa, two points behind and a game at hand. Uh, I think both teams are playing today. So if Montreal loses and Ottawa wins, Montreal could fall back in another uh, spot. So they seem to be uh, falling back in the standings. Uh, a bit of a tough stretch for them, eh? Yeah, the, and the teams that um, you know we we talked about over the last couple of weeks that that uh, were expected to pass the Canadians in the standings have, um, and um, we said that you know the playoffs were going to be difficult. Where you know there was lots of, of fans talking about, uh, well, look, they're they're only a couple of points out of the playoffs. Now it's it's making things uh, a little more difficult as they continue to slide in the standings. And, and then after the home game uh, Saturday night, uh, then they head out on a, a lengthy road trip out west. And, and those have always proved to be a challenge for the Canadians. Check out Habs Notepad and Habs Features as uh, posts appear regularly at allhabs.net. Taking a look at some injury news, we got uh, some bad news and some good news. I'll start with the bad stuff. Uh, David Savard and Sean Monahan will both be out two to three weeks. But for good news, uh, Mike Matheson is returning to the lineup uh, tonight on Saturday. Uh, sounds like, uh, I think, well, currently Montreal is missing that secondary scoring that they did have from Monahan earlier in the season. But uh, I think it will be nice to get Matheson back in the lineup. Uh, looks like Weidman's the guy that's going to come out. Yeah, that's right. Um, looks like it'll be uh, Matheson with Harris. And Matheson had uh, missed four games, um, but back with uh, with Harris. Jack I will be with Kovacevic and, of course, uh, Gouley and Edmondson on the top pairing. Um, on the forward side, um, it looks like uh, both uh, Pazetta and Pitlick um, will be will be playing. That means uh, that Dadnoff uh, will sit. And we talked about Kirby Doc playing center. Um, he's slated to play center uh, tonight on the second line. Um, that means Anderson will be up on the top line. Uh, uh, interesting combination um, on the second line. Kirby Doc centering uh, Yuri Slavkovsky and Jonathan Drouin, who's done nothing since he's returned. <laughs> Uh, gets a, a promotion up to the second line with uh, some skilled players. Yeah, interesting that uh, Duran has been basically a ghost since last season. He comes back from injury. All of a sudden, he's on the top power play unit. Now he's in the second line. Uh, in interesting, isn't that? It is. It is. I, you know, you can talk about showcasing, but um, I, I, I don't expect that uh, he's in demand at all. So now I think it's a good time to look at our Habs prospect report. 
This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. As we usually do, we kick things off by looking at uh, Montreal Canadiens prospects across many different leagues, uh, AHL, ECHL, CHL, NCAA in Europe. Uh, normally, I start off by giving an update on two of the top guys, Joshua Wah, Riley Kidney. Uh, these two, at one point anyway, had very similar stats, and it seemed like a bit of a race. Looks like Joshua Wah is pulling ahead with 43 points in 26 games. Riley Kidney tw- uh, in 28 games puts up uh, 41 points, so it's still kind of close, but it uh, looks like Joshua Wah is the one running away with it. But enter chat uh, coming out of the OHL for the Mississauga Steelheads. Uh, Owen Beck in 26 games, 39 points. He put up three assists uh, last night, December the 16th versus Sudbury. Uh, This past week, who have you been keeping an eye on, Rick? Yeah, that uh, Owen Beck, very interesting because, as you said, uh, three assists, uh, on on Friday, um, the Steelheads against Sudbury, but he also had three assists on Thursday nights uh, mm-hmm. uh, when the uh, Steelheads met uh, the North Bay Battalion. So six uh, uh, six points in uh, two games, and that's uh, jumped him up. Um, so just two points back of of uh, Riley Kidney, and and four points back of Joshua Waugh. Um and that that's um, Owen Beck. Um, uh, we'll talk about the the world junior uh, rosters, uh, but Owen Beck, um, a, a last minute cut, was invited to the camp, uh, but a last minute cut from that group, and then goes back to his junior team and puts up six points. Um, so, so there, <laughs> I guess he's saying, a bit of a chip on his shoulder, I guess. Yeah, not a bad thing. Yeah, so looking uh, at uh, our AHL affiliate, the Laval Rocket, they had a couple games this past week. Starting off last Saturday uh, for the second half of a back-to-back at home against Belleville, they lost the first game uh, 2-1 in the shootout. Well, this one, they won 7-4. Quite an offensive explosion for this team. Uh, For Belleville, uh, starting in net was Antoine Bibeau. He got pulled. Uh, first start in the AHL for Joe Verbetic, uh, and he comes away with the win. So big congrats to Joe Verbetic on that. For sure. Um, and and uh, he, he looked pretty good uh, in that game as well, um, even in in uh, giving up four, but uh, pretty solid for his, his first full NHL uh, AHL start. And then kicking ahead to December the 14th, uh, Laval wins 5-2 against Utica. So I think that's the first time they've won two games in a row this season. Uh, three goals in the first uh, for Laval was the big difference there. Maybe they can put together a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a winning streak. If they win one more, that's got to be a streak, right? <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, and currently, uh, it's a wild one. Um, th- as we said, the... the uh, Laval Rocket playing uh, as we're recording. It was a noontime start. Uh, Laval had a 3-1 lead after the the uh, first period uh, over uh, the Cleveland Monsters. Uh, Cleveland stor- scored two uh, goals early in the second to tie it 3-3. And seconds ago, uh, my namesake, uh, Mitchell Stevens, uh, with uh, the goal on the power play, Laval, uh, we'll keep you updated on that one, has a 4-3 lead um, in, uh, in Cleveland. Uh, 
The Rockets' record currently 9-13-3-1. They're up to 28th in the AHL, so they go up a little bit after those two wins. A uh, bit of a busy week coming up for them. Uh, like we said, the game happening right now on December the 17th, uh, Laval in Cleveland. And on Sunday, December the 18th, uh, it's going to be Laval in Cleveland once again for a back-to-back. A couple days later on the 21st, Laval is going to head over to Syracuse. And then uh, I guess the last game before Christmas uh, on uh, December the 23rd, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton comes into Laval. So should be uh, plenty of fun to watch. We'll make sure we keep you up to date on all of that. But uh, there is a very interesting event coming up in uh, Laval at uh, Place Belle. Uh, in 2023, uh, February, the All-Star Classic for the AHL. And former Canadians Yvonne Lambert and Mike Keane have both been named honorary captains. So uh, the AHL's uh, All-Star Skills Competition that's going to happen February the 5th and the All-Star Challenge that's going to happen on February the 6th. Each year, the All-Star Classic selects honorary captains to join uh, the participating teams in the locker room and on the benches. So it'll be really nice to see those two guys. Absolutely. Uh, And we remember that this is um, the AHL All-Star game um, had a couple of false starts uh, because of COVID in Laval. Third time's a charm. Finally, uh, it's going to be staged, as you said, February 5th and 6th in Laval. And uh, to have uh, uh, two uh, prominent players like Yvonne Lambert and, and Mike Keane, uh, they're both, uh, Yvonne Lambert uh, played uh, for both uh, the Nova Scotia Voyageurs, who were uh, the Canadians' affiliate uh, back in the 70s, and then um, he played again with the Rochester Americans. Uh, so he has AHL experience, as, as did uh, Mike Keane, um, and uh, he uh, he kind of ended his his career as captain of the Manitoba Moose. Um, and uh, uh, Mike Keane, uh, um, just a, a a very interesting guy, a very a leadership kind of guy. And so uh, both of them being named honorary captains is certainly appropriate. So we teased at the beginning of the prospect report that we talked about the World Junior Championship rosters. Well, the ones that are uh, completed, uh, we're going to tell you who on, from the Montreal Canadiens prospect pool who made it, who got cut, starting with uh, Team Canada. Joshua Waugh makes it, but Owen Beck and Riley Kidney were both cut, so kind of unfortunate for uh, those two guys, but uh, really nice to see uh, Joshua Waugh get that opportunity. For the United States, kind of a shoe-in. Lane Hudson, no surprises there. Uh, Team Sweden, Adam Engstrom. Uh, Rick, I believe you called this one. Uh, uh, there might have been a little bit of a debate about it, but uh, nice to see him get that opportunity. For Team Slovakia, Philippe Michar. Uh, very excited to see him get an opportunity on a bigger stage like that. For Team Austria, no surprises. Vincenz Rohr, he'll, he's had a great season so far, so that's well-deserved. And then the final one that was announced uh, for Team Finland, Oliver Kapanen. He was able to join them in the summer, so we'll see what uh, he can do in his second uh, time joining Team Finland. Finland made us wait uh, the longest, but uh, not a surprise that Oliver Kapanen is there. Um, It's unfortunate. You know, there was some hope that... uh, uh, two of the three, or or maybe even all three um, of the Canadians' prospects could make it for Team Canada. I think Owen Beck was a, a long shot, and as we said on the podcast, 
Um, given the talent that w- was loaned back to Team Canada from the NHL, uh, it was going to be difficult for Owen Beck to, to make the team. Um, I think that Riley Kidney had a real shot, um, but in the, in the game uh, last Sunday um, against the U Sport All-Stars uh, at, at the selection camp, Team Canada team in Moncton, um, uh, Riley Kidney was, uh, had a first period injury uh, and didn't return. And so uh, because of his injury, um, he was left off the team, and and that's just uh, that's real unfortunate for him because it would have been nice to see. And I think both Kidney and 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 Joshua Wah had a an equal chance of making the team. Um, but now um, six prospects uh, as uh, as we go to air six prospects uh, from the Canadians in that tournament, which uh, is uh, just indicative of the the kind of. Uh, talent and in the pipeline that the Canadians have. Yeah, really exciting to see so many of these players get an opportunity. And uh, if Connor Bedard wasn't enough of a reason to watch the World <laughs> Juniors, well, you have six more reasons too. So uh, make sure you check that out. And of course, we'll keep you up to date on here. Uh, be sure to read the content at ahl.report. Listen to it and subscribe to the Press Zone as that comes out every Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and of course, sometimes Rick Stevens. We have a quote of the week. Uh, This one comes from Jake Allen. This is the one that I think people on social media took and ran away with. uh, Very quickly became a big meme uh, on Twitter. Uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on what uh, Jake Allen had to say here? Well, it's, yeah, I I think there was only one quote. Nothing could stand beside this. Um, And if you've heard it already, um, you want to hear it again. Uh, if you've only read it, you want to hear uh, it, just how easily and smoothly these words come from the lips of, of Jake Allen. It is tough. You know, you, you get all hot and horny at the start of the year. You know, every team is. You, you get piss and vinegar in your pants. You're just you're ready to rock. And then, and then sometimes it does get a little bit stale. But I, I haven't found that with this group. You know, we get a lot of youth here, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, I think that's one thing that Marty and his staff try to preach every day is bringing enthusiasm to the rink. Whether we come off a couple losses in a row or a couple wins in a row, we try to have that same mindset. And, you know, I felt that's been pretty consistent this year. I've been on some squads where it's locked a little bit. Yeah, there's going to be some times in the season where it's it's long. No question, it's 82 games, and it is long. You can't be – you're not going to feel 100% and a million bucks every day at the rink. But, you know, you got to find a way to get the most you can out of that. And uh, to be honest, I feel like this group has done a pretty good job of that so far. So you kind of miss some of the because of the way he starts it. You kind of um, don't catch what what it the point is, and his point is a good one that um, the season is long, and um, you have a lot of energy at the at the beginning, and and these this is the tough time. Um, you know, this is this is the real tough time to trudge through. Um, you know, uh, it can get um, m- more exciting later if you're in a playoff race, but right now. Uh, that um, that that they have to focus, especially with a young squad. Now, as far as his the language that he uses and the and the picture that he creates there, um, as easy as it came, uh, you know, from it, he 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 just said it like he said something like that a thousand times before. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't using uh, provocative language in his in his mind. 
Um, and if you needed any further proof, his wife, Shannon, um, quote tweeted uh, Jake's quote and said, uh, and, and her tweet said, tell me you're from the Maritimes without telling me you're from the Maritimes. And, and that, that, that kind of says it all, of course, Jake Allen uh, from New Brunswick. Yeah, I think that that's a phrase that I'll start using a little bit more in my personal time. <laughs> Maybe not on the podcast, though, but, uh, you know, great quote from Jake Allen. And uh, I like when these funny things come out of the interviews, right? For sure. Taking a look uh, around the league at some hockey news. We'll start things off by uh, checking up on a former Montreal Canadiens goaltender, Charlie Lindgren. He was named the NHL's first star of the week after going 4-0-0 in the first week of December. So a great week for Charlie Lindgren. Uh, Last season with the Blues, he had, uh, I guess, a a 5-0-0 run. Uh, So it's nice to know that that's not a flash in the pan and a great opportunity for him there in Washington. Great signing for for Washington. As you said, uh, filling in last year, uh, for Bennington, uh, he was lights out and, and again, um, uh, you know, forced into uh, the starting role in Washington and has handled it exceptionally well. Uh, great to see him um, be uh, first star of the week for the NHL and, and, uh, and congratulations to him. And there's never a bad time of year to start talking about some trade rumors. Uh, coming out of Edmonton, uh, TSN is reporting that uh, Edmonton Oilers are interested in acquire Joel Edmondson. Uh, rumor is that a first-round pick could be involved. And uh, I don't know, I think uh, Joel Edmondson going to Edmonton would be a great fit, no? <laughs> it could be. It's interesting that it was um, a leak that Ken Holland is looking at uh, they need a defenseman. Uh, they're looking at Joel Edmondson, uh, and they're looking at John Klingberg, two different defensemen, different who would bring something different uh, to the Oilers. Um, but um, you know, it's it's unlikely to to happen before Christmas. We know that there's a, a trade freeze over the Christmas break for seven days, starting on December twentieth, um, and uh, the. Uh, the Athletic put out their 25-person uh, um, uh, trade board, um, and I think Canadians fans might might expect that uh, you know the Canadians may have half a dozen <laughs> players on there. Not according to the Athletic, and they're not uh, necessarily the 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 top uh, the the most desirable uh, uh, trade uh, targets. Um, for the, the Athletic, they have Sean Monahan at number 14 uh, and Joel Edmondson at uh, number 18. Um, and we know that, um, that Sean Monahan, uh, he'll be a, an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. And uh, Joel Edmondson, one more year left on his contract and he'll be an unrestricted free agent uh, in 2024. So, like I said, never a dull time of year to start talking about trades. Uh, I guess the trade deadline only a couple months away, so we'll have some fun keeping an eye on that and how uh, the Montreal Canadiens approach it. This past week, uh, the NHL Board of Governors had a meeting in Palm Beach, Florida, and that led to some interesting things uh, that, well, Gary Bettman came out and said. I think first and foremost, uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, says that the cap is projected to increase only by $1 million to a ceiling of $83.5 million in the 2023-2024 season. Uh, I think teams were expecting this to be a little bit higher, no? 
Well, and they were expecting it to be a, a lot higher because it was Gary Bettman um, back in the meeting, uh, the Board of Governors meeting on October 18th in New York City. He said um, then that um, that that uh, debt, the escrow debt uh, by the players would be paid up by by the end of this season and that the salary cap would rise by at least four million. Um, now, uh, I don't know what's changed in such a short period of time. Um, but, but, uh, to say that, uh, no, um, the, the escrow debt will still remain. So the, the, uh, salary cap will only, uh, rise by, by 1 million. I'm sure took uh, a lot of teams off guard. Gary Bettman also mentioned that according to a survey, fans are not bothered by uh, sponsors on the jerseys. So I, I, it's interesting that uh, Gary Bettman seems to say a lot of these things, but like it seems like they could just change or just be different information, whatever. Um, I know that uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of funny, too, that uh, he's put out that, well, there, there was a survey done and there are all sorts of stats, but uh, we can't show you the stats we're not going to tell you how the survey was done or who was involved or anything. So I, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of uh, the sponsorships on the jerseys and I, I don't seem to know anyone else who like legitimately likes them or isn't bothered by them. Um, I, you know, there's, there's, there's spinning, <laughs> there's spinning an argument. There's, this is, is absolute utter nonsense. Um, and you, you, there's I have I've not seen you go to I'll, I'll direct Gary to our our Facebook page um, when this first happened uh, Canadians fans were incredibly angry uh, about um, you know destroying the uh, such a classic jersey such a historic jersey with um, an ad uh, an ad patch uh, on the, on the shoulder uh, on on the the chest um, and. And, you know, you thought, well, maybe um, over since the season's begun, maybe maybe some some fans, um, they've they've warmed up to the idea. Not so. We posted this again and Gary Bettman's words um, and uh, they were equally angry and equally with with uh, the same number of messages. And and uh, fans are not happy about this at all and uh, and they suggested um, a survey um, if 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 Gary is so interested in surveys um, why doesn't he do a survey about whether f- hockey fans want Gary to continue as commissioner of the NHL and see what uh, he gets from that and uh, the final thing coming from Gary Bettman here is uh, Gary Bettman says that digital dasher boards uh, ad backlash is n- a non-issue uh, because their polling indicates that fans find games more washable with uh, these digital ads, uh, replacing the physical ones. So once again, I, I don't know. Does Gary think that hockey fans are dumb? Uh, does he think that he can just spew out all this utter nonsense and expect that we'll just believe? Uh, I don't know. I, all I know is the next draft I'm going to, I think uh, I'm going to be a little bit more encouraged to boo at him. <laughs> um, it's It's... It's odd. It's really, really odd uh, when he says that it's a non-issue um, because it has been an issue, a major issue for the NHL. They have they have made a number of changes uh, in the short time that these digital ad 
overlays have been in in play. They've changed them top to bottom, the way they're uh, the way the technology works. Um, there's a really on Twitter uh, a really good uh, thread from an at Mr. Dan Bagley. Uh, where he goes through the technical aspect of the changes that they've made. Um, I know just from watching um, that when the, the overlay started, they were super sharp. Uh, the image of the, the board advertising was sharper than, um, the, than the, the picture of the, the, the action of the players, of the, of, of the ice surface. Um, it, it was start, startingly so. Um, and uh, and and you could tell because when the camera panned to capture, you know, the puck moves quickly, the camera pans, and naturally, just naturally, uh, there's a blur uh, when that happens. There's a blur uh, to the players and to the to the to the ice, uh, the action on the ice. But those those board ad overlays would stay as sharp as they were. And that um, caused eye fatigue, and it was reported. Uh, there was, um, you know, eye doctors and everything involved reported, and so the NHL had made uh, steps to tone down and introduce a blur into those um, digital ads. Well, now uh, they just look out of focus, and so the eye constantly adjusting between the blur in the board ads and and. Uh, the action on the ice, people are reporting, um, um, you know, why, why, why am I feeling more fatigued? Why are my eyes sore? Why? There's, there's a real explanation um, to why it's a problem. And for Gary to just say, you know, uh, non-issue, thanks very much. It, it's, it, again, utter nonsense. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, about all I have to say about uh, Gary <laughs> Bettman. So let's talk about Jeff Molson. That'll be better. Uh, Jeff Molson uh, does not seem very happy with his comms department. Uh, he said uh, that with respect to the Canadians' apology, there was a lack of communication and we're turning the page. So, Rick, I'll let you take the lead on this one here. Well, we talked about it a fair bit uh, last week and and um, a delicate issue and, and Carey Price uh, came out and 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 made uh, the statement uh, that he did. Uh, the Canadians communication folks kind of botched it n- without speaking to um, uh, Carey Price about it, uh, and then Carey Price was forced to put out another statement. Uh, so Jeff Molson acknowledges uh, that there was um, a lack of communication uh, between his communications folks and and uh, and Carey Price, and that that's really unfortunate, but. Um, he he was pretty brusque in in his answer and and made a statement and and said that's it that's all I'm talking about it. Um, I'm uh, it maybe he maybe he was upset about it maybe he has other things on his mind given that uh, it also came out that one of his partners one of one of the shareholders in the Montreal Canadiens uh, minor shareholders Michael Andauer also owns. Uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL is going to be uh, one of the bidders uh, for the Ottawa Senators, and we'll see. I mean, it's not unusual uh, to have um, minor, um, you know, uh, partnership or shareholders in a number of of NHL teams. Uh, but if if we'll see what part Andauer plays in in his bid for the the Senators, but uh, that could also be a touchy issue for. Jeff Molson. 
Yeah, but it sounds like uh, NHL teams are a pretty good investment right now. Uh, as Forbes put out uh, reports that the average NHL value right now is $1.03 billion. So that's uh, that's a little <laughs> bit more than the first time they did this. It was only $1 billion. Uh, right now, number one leading the way in the NHL for the most valuable team, uh, $2.2 billion, uh, New York Rangers. Uh, so that's pretty much double uh, what the average is. And then coming in at number three is the Montreal Canadiens, uh, their value at $1.85 billion. So wow, just can't even begin to comprehend that amount of money. No, we can't. And, and uh, you know, some of our listeners might be saying, hey, wait a minute, didn't you cover this a, a month or so ago? Uh, different different um, valuations. Uh, the last one we talked about was Sportico. Um, but, um, you know, Forbes is the gold standard when it comes to um, uh, evaluating sports franchises. And, uh, and so we thought it was important to, um, to mention them. Um, and yes, the Canadians, um, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Molson <laughs> keeps uh, making a lot of money um, at $1.85 billion, up 16%. Uh, and you think of, of um, uh, you know, this is coming out of a pandemic and, and, uh, and, and you know, being difficult for fans and buying tickets and everything. But um, the Canadians, again, uh, uh, just an enormous... Uh, a money-making machine, and and um, you know the Canadians may be in third as far as what their franchise franchise is worth, uh, but they are the only NHL team uh, to break the hundred million dollar barrier as far as media revenue. They make uh, more than a hundred million dollars a year um, in media revenue uh, for a total of uh, when you talk about tickets, when you talk about merchandise 239 million dollars per year in revenue uh, alone for the canadians well that, those are just absolutely insane amounts of money and uh, once again montreal proving to be a very valuable franchise but on that note i think now would be a good time to take our first break here uh coming up we'll hear a message from our sponsors DraftKings, and then it's our big topic segment so stay with us this is the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio hey hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. 
With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder as well to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app and never miss a single episode. So now it's our big topic segment. We're going to take a big look here at our Rocket Sports crystal ball into the future of the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we're going to question how successful will this rebuild be and how long do you think it's going to take? So, Rick, I'll, I'll defer to you to start this off. Well, it's... it's um... It's a dangerous uh, business being in the prediction game, uh, but it can be fun too. And and I think we we hear all the time from uh, our our listeners, our um, folks that that leave comments on our Facebook page, um, the texts that we get, the emails that we get, um, and there's there's some kind of you know different opinions about about what has to happen, um, and. Uh, some um, some of our fans uh, and some media folks uh, say that that you know um, the Canadians uh, well um, they've got their their number one overall pick uh, they've got some some good prospects in the cupboard um, and uh, all they have to do is is get rid of some of the deadwood and push forward and and um, that's that's kind of tempered by by some of the other opinions and so we thought it would be a good opportunity for us to just see what's out there uh see what people are talking about see what uh some of the the experts are are talking about um and and uh, part of this was uh motivated by the fact that uh TSN uh came out uh this week with with its um it's core four under 24, um, uh, list and, um, and the, um, uh, we already had uh, a couple months ago, the, the athletic with its, uh, under 23 pipeline rankings. And then the athletic this week with, uh, projecting standings for the 2025, 2026 season. Uh, so we thought, all right, let's put these all together We'll put them in a blender, we'll go through them, and then try to use our crystal ball to forecast what we see happening over the next three years. So let's start things off by taking a look at uh, TSN's annual Core 4 U24 list. Uh, The Canadians, they have six players under 24 currently on their roster. Uh, Among those are Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Uh, A couple defensemen in there as well, like Caden Gooley and Arbor Jackai. But I think the the main thing that's missing, and TSN definitely agrees, is who is going to be the successor to Carey Price in goal. Montreal currently does not have that next in line uh, goaltender. Uh, right now, uh, but on uh, TSN's list, uh, Montreal ranks uh, second in uh, U24 goals with 45 and points, uh, with 113 points. Uh, led by Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. U24. Um, the core four U24, say that three times fast, um, is prepared every year by uh, TSN analyst uh, Craig Button. We know that he has a, a particular fondness for the Montreal Canadiens, um, and so it's not uh, a surprise to see the Canadians sitting at fourth uh, in his rankings. 
Um, and he talks about, uh, you know, those four, uh, Suzuki, Caulfield, Gullian, and Slavkovsky, um, but uh, doesn't have anyone, he hasn't ranked anyone in the superstar uh, category that he uses. Um, double A for both uh, Suzuki and Caulfield, single A for uh, um, Slavkovsky and Gulli, and then, you know, kind of B-rated prospects in, in Doc and Mashar and, and Hudson and, and Logan Mayu and Arbor Jackai. Um, so I think that that what we're seeing, or at least um, my personal opinion, is is that you know uh, the contending kind of teams are going to need uh, two top uh, defensemen. One of those has to be uh, an, an elite uh, puck mover, quarterback of your power play. We 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 heard uh, Jeff Gordon say that the Canadians are still looking for one. They don't have one in their system. Um, you need uh, two top six centers. Do the Canadians have them in uh, Suzuki and Doc? Uh, that's yet to be seen. They need an elite uh, scoring winger. Um, whether Caulfield is that uh, or not, yet to be seen. And as you said, uh, the big piece that's, uh, the, that uh, is, is yet to be found, yet to be identified, is uh, a top goaltender. Yeah, right now I think uh, Montreal Canadiens were hoping that that's what Caden Primo could be so far this season, we, and we've talked about this at length. Uh, that's not been the case. Caden Primo has not looked good at all in his time with Laval. Um, he's not looked good when he's been called up to the NHL, had a terrible preseason. So uh, one of the main things that they're going to have to look for going forward is that next number one goaltender. Uh, right now, Jake Allen, perfectly fine goaltender for the interim uh, not a long-term solution here, so that's going to have to be a major focus for uh, these Montreal Canadiens going forward. Absolutely. Um, I, I touched on Cole Caulfield. I, I think the, um, the, the the Cole Caulfield has has been um, great as soon as as he was disengaged um, uh, from Dom Ducharme. Um, he has he has lived up to to expectations, and so. Um, you know, it, it was a year ago uh, in, in the preseason that uh, Trevor Zegris, uh, a friend of Cole Caulfield, uh, predicted that Caulfield would score 40 goals in his rookie season. Uh, that, that, of course, didn't happen. Uh, but maybe, maybe Zegris was only, um, you know, a year off in, in his prediction uh, because Cole Caulfield is on a path uh, to score what 45 goals this season and and if he if he gets to that 40 goal uh, plateau um, he he would become the first 40 goal uh, scorer for the Montreal Canadiens uh, since Vincent Damfus and and that was that was a long time ago and and who knows is is uh, Nick Suzuki going to uh, reach that 40 goal plateau as well so, you know, it's also almost as good as you, uh, 24. Well, you, 23. Uh, we're <laughs> going to take a look back at uh, the Athletics' U23 uh, pipeline rankings. Uh, the Canadians were ranked seventh, and uh, for context, uh, uh, the players included uh, were just players 22 and younger. So uh, sometimes when you do, like, uh, prospect rankings, you're looking at amount of games played in the NHL, stuff like that. Uh, th- like 
TSN did. Uh, the Athletic decided uh, we're going to consider anyone 22 and younger as a prospect. Uh, the year before, Montreal was uh, ranked at uh, 12. But coming in after uh, the draft in which they had uh, the first overall pick, uh, another first-round pick, a couple second-round picks, uh, they moved up quite a bit to, to seventh place. So once you add in uh, Slavkovsky, Beck, Hudson, Mashar, uh, well, their <laughs> prospect uh, pipeline seemed to look quite a bit better. And uh, you know what? Uh, honestly, you look at uh, who else was included uh, in the, the top 10 there. You had your Detroits, you had your Ottawas, you had your Buffaloes. And uh, it's nice to see that Montreal, as a rebuilding team, uh, joined a lot of the other teams in that same area. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, it, it's just a matter of definition, how they define um, what what a prospect is. Corey Pronman, in preparing this for uh, the athletic, uh, had, um, had 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 decided on 22 and under. So uh, with respect to the Canadians, that, um, that removes Nick Suzuki. That's why he's in the TSN list. He's not in uh, the athletics list. Who is in the athletics list? Um, and when Pronman did this, he had uh, Yuri Slavkovsky as the Canadians' top prospect. Uh, be interesting to see if he would revise that now. Um, in order, uh, the, the Canadians' top six prospects, uh, as determined by uh, Corey Pronman: uh, Slavkovsky first, Cole Caulfield second, Kirby Doc third, Caden Gooley fourth, Justin Barron. Don't forget about him. Uh, in Lavelle and Lane Hudson, uh, number six. Um, interesting on this list is uh, the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils uh, are number three. Um, Buffalo Sabres, one. Detroit, you mentioned, uh, two. Uh, New Jersey Devils, three. Their, um, uh, th- their uh, name keeps coming up uh, as we're going through these various lists. Um, and of course, they are have been a top three club so far um, this season. Uh, a lottery club last season, um, uh, pick second. So uh, interesting to see the jump that they have made. And and you know, if we look at at them, um, uh, and and this kind of relates to a, a bit of a um, you know, if if we're talking about predictions. Um, how long it has been for uh, the New Jersey Devils um, missing the playoffs, uh, and and um, you know you have to go back a, a number of years um, for them uh, to to uh, appear in a, a Stanley Cup final, um, and then you know near the bottom, um, a poor winning percentage, under 400, year after year after year gathering all these picks that, that they have, rebuilding their, their club and making the jump uh, that they have this year in the standings to, uh, uh, you have to say, a contender. Yeah, continuing along here uh, with The Athletic, uh, this past week a panel of writers from The Athletic projected uh, the 2025-2026 standings, and they have Montreal coming in at 21 in the NHL. What? I have to say, though, I... I kind of do agree with this. I know a lot of fans might not like this, but uh, when you when the you look at how they broke it down, uh, it really it makes a lot of sense. And, and they mentioned, you know what, they have some good uh, high end young pieces: Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Yuri Slavkovsky, Kirby Doc, Caden Gooley. We're gonna say these names all day long. Uh, those are a good 
start to, to a team that's a good core. Uh, I think they have a lot of ways to improve themselves. So, Rick, I'm going to hand it off to you to uh, break down how uh, the Athletic came up with this. Absolutely fascinating. Um, and again, um, you know, this is it, it's interesting to uh, look at how how Canadians fans view things and and their evaluation of of the team now, their evaluation of prospects, their evaluation of where um, where it's all going, you know, and how long this rebuild is going to take to get done um, versus, um, OK, how a. A uh, Canadians-friendly uh, media person like uh, Craig Button will evaluate things to uh, maybe a um, you know a, a group and and this was done by a, a panel of writers uh, from the Athletic. Um, so it, it, this isn't just one person's opinion. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, of the uh, writers from the Athletic uh, formed a panel. Uh, they went out to um, to to uh, uh, representatives from the from each of the team and said, you know how when we're trying to put together predictions uh, for three years out, 2025, 2026, how should we weight uh, the different categories? Um, and I found that whole process quite interesting. Um, that uh, the current NHL roster. Um, and how you evaluate the current NHL roster accounts uh, 45% to what you think is going to happen in the future. And simply, they're, they're, they say that, um, you know, basically, uh, current success predicts future success. Um, and, and that's just directly from, from some of these uh, uh, GMs and assistant GMs and, and uh, uh, scouts that they talk to. Um, so that's part of the reason uh, that the Canadians um, have, uh, you know, are where where they're predicted here to 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 finish 21st in the standings in um, three years from now. Um, and and I, I say our listeners will say, well, uh, the roster is not going to look anything like it because, um, you know, Kent Hughes is going to clear uh, a clean house. Well, let's hope he does. Uh, but it's it's not as easily um, it's not as easily done as said. Um, the the under twenty three talent um, uh, that we were just talking about counts in these predictions thirty percent, so a huge proportion. Uh, and the Canadians obviously uh, this this is where they uh, scored really well because. Uh, that you know, as as we said, Corey Pronman, in his esp- estimation, has the Canadians at seventh in that respect. Uh, the market and the ownership, um, twelve per twelve point five percent. The coaching and management, uh, half of that, six point two five percent. And again, they they talked to uh, the the folks from the industry who said. Uh, the market and the manage and and the ownership uh, play more of a role than the coach and the general manager do. Salary cap uh, is important, uh, but only uh, weighs six point two five because uh, there are ways to create uh, cap space. So these individual categories, uh, with respect to the Canadians, uh, they get a seven out of ten on their um, under twenty three uh, group. Uh, just a two out of ten on the current roster, 
Um, and and who can argue with that? Um, on the market uh, and and the ownership, um, that's an eight point five. That's their highest score. Um, a, a, the general manager and coach get a six point five out of, out of ten. That's because of the inexperience. Uh, salary cap uh, 4.5. The Canadians not in a good salary cap uh, position currently, so they get a 4.75 out of 10 in the the scoring, and that's what places them um, in the Athletics estimation as coming out as 21st, a non-playoff team uh, in uh, their projections for the 2025-2026 season. Yeah, in and around where they currently are in the standings. I have to say, though, it is a very interesting article. I do like how they went about going about their predictions. I like how math got involved in making these predictions as well. And uh, like I said, right off the bat, I think that uh, they're probably about right. It seems like where a team should be in the third year of the rebuild. Um, you have to take a look to it, uh, maybe some of the other teams in the, the Atlantic division, like your Buffaloes, your Detroits and Ottawa's. These are teams that are going to be on the rise as well. And you're looking uh, at uh, Toronto and Tampa that are probably still going to be in the playoffs. I, I don't know what Florida is going to do. Uh, Boston, you have to think they start to slip down, but uh, you know, you consider all of this and uh I feel like 21 is probably the right call. We'll see three years from now. I'll probably make a note of this just to see how this prediction holds up. But uh, I think I placed my bet that uh, the athletic have done a good job and they're probably correct. So who um, in, in their minds are going to be at the top of the standing number one. uh, I just talked about them, the New Jersey devils. Uh, Why? Uh, Well, part of it is, um, their young core, their current roster is all a young core, and they still have um, a stockpile of prospects coming. Um, they get a nine out of uh, ten uh, score uh, for their current roster. Um, uh, Simon Nemich, Luke Hughes, uh, top top prospects, not even in the roster yet, and and that's because they they spent not just one season like the Canadians uh, picking first, they spent year after year after year uh, picking in in um, in that lottery lottery position. So they have a huge stockpile of prospects. Um, the Athletic has the Carolina Hurricanes again uh, with a really good young core. Uh, in second in 2025-2026, uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they don't have prospects, but uh, their roster is pretty darn good, and, and uh, so is their management. Uh, the Leafs, unfortunately, uh, they have at, <laughs> at fourth, and the Rangers um, uh, with uh, the market, the ownership, uh, with a current roster uh, coming in. Those are the top five, according to... Uh, the athletic and their predictions for 2025-2026. Yeah, I, I don't think I had to see that James Myrtle was involved to know that Toronto was going to be ranked very <laughs> high on that, <laughs> with all due respect. But uh, it is fascinating how they put that together. And, uh, you know, you look at the New Jersey Devils, I think uh, Montreal Canadiens fans should take some time and look at uh, all the hardship that that uh, franchise has gone through over the rebuild. Uh, they had two first overall picks, uh, Heischer and Hughes. Uh, obviously, they had the, just the second overall pick this past summer. They've 
gone through all sorts of hardship. It took them until this past summer to find stable goaltending. Uh, you know, like I said, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, uh, look at uh, the New Jersey Devils as a possible template of what you might expect in a rebuild. Hopefully the Montreal Canadiens rebuild is a little bit smoother than what uh, the Devils have gone through. I, I know the Devils at one point thought they were finished their rebuild and then had to tear down again. Uh, certainly I hope the Habs don't have to do that, but uh, I guess the current rebuild, uh, the one uh, with Hughes and uh, Nimitz, that's uh, that's certainly a template that you want to look at. For sure. Um, so, you know, we've presented a number of different um, scenarios that and, and, and uh, predictions and evaluations and projections. Um, what do we think? What do fans think? Um, what what is this team? How how is this rebuild going to unfold? And what are the the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, what kind of team are they going to be in 2025, 2026? And I'll I'll let you lead off with that. Yeah. So in three years, will the Montreal Canadiens be a wild card team? an Atlantic division favorite, a cup contender, or still rebuilding. I I think I kind of jumped the gun on this one. I think they're still probably going to be rebuilding a little bit. Like I mentioned, the Atlantic division is kind of a tough spot to, to be right now with so many teams on the rise. I mentioned Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo. You, you have to think at some point these teams are going to start to break through, and we've already seen uh, how far they've come this year. Uh, Toronto and Tampa mainstays until further notice. Uh, Florida, we'll see. Boston probably doesn't have uh, Bergeron and Krejci anymore, so I, I imagine they start to fall down the standings a bit. But uh, I think Montreal probably ends up being, I guess, last or second last in the Atlantic Division and then in and around uh, that uh, 21 spot uh, overall. Um yeah, it, it's tough. Unfortunately, that's how rebuilds go. Uh, right now on their current roster, you look outside uh, Suzuki and Caulfield and Gooley, uh, and it's, it's a little bit lackluster. There's still a lot of holes that need to be filled. Um, if Slavkovsky had come in this season and right away been you know, a contributor and a game-breaker, maybe this is a very different story, but it looks like Slavkovsky is going to be more of a long-term project. Uh, it might take him a few years to really get his legs under him and hopefully all goes well and he is able to get there. Uh, you still want to add as many young prospects as you can. I know right now too, you know, there's a lot of hype around uh, the young prospects, especially the guys that we just drafted in this past draft, you know, your Owen backs, your Philippe Michard, uh, Lane Hudson, Unfortunately, as much as you like all these guys, as much as they look like studs right now, not every prospect is going to pan out. Uh, and sometimes these guys are going to take a long time to pan out. I don't think any of these guys are expected to make the Montreal Canadiens roster as early as next year or the year after. Some of these guys might not even be on the Montreal Canadiens roster in 2025. And that's uh, that's not a bad thing either. Uh, you want to be patient and let these guys develop. So right now, uh, and again, I'll, I'll say it again here, uh, Montreal probably ends up being in around the 2021 20, spot to, in uh, 2025. How do you uh, feel about this one, Rick? Well, um, and maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm just a, a little too optimistic here, but um, I see them being somewhere between a wild card team and 
And uh, no, not an Atlantic Division favorite, but somewhere in between, but a playoff team uh, by 2025, 2026. And I think that because for two reasons, there's going to be enormous pressure. Uh, fans have been patient, uh, well, a little bit patient. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and, but uh, you see that, that, that the impatience is starting to come out. I think there's going to be enormous pressure on both Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes uh, to make quicker changes uh, than 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 a long-term uh, rebuild. And and you know they've said they've said all the right things. They don't want to take shortcuts. Uh, they want to build um, for long term. They want to rebuild to have lasting success. Um, but it's difficult to do in a Montreal market. The other part of it, I think Jeff Gordon made, made some immediate big impacts on the New York Rangers. Um, and if you know, there's going to be expectation uh, for him to a repeat uh, adding an, a player like an Adam Fox, uh, Zabanajad, that, you know, the kinds of, 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 of big moves that he made for, for the Rangers and if that's possible, if um, um, the, over the next three years the Canadians are going to be able to add a impactful, um, you know, um, number one goaltender uh, or a, a, a young uh, top D man, and use some of their their draft picks uh, to bring in someone like that, this can change very quickly. The out. You know, as we said, the 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 Canadian score was dra- uh, dragged down by the c- current roster, um, and if Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon can make some pretty dramatic changes, both by getting rid of uh, a lot of the um, call it deadwood or or call it uh, players that just don't fit, um, and you know what, uh, uh, Canadians fans are going to have to be patient with that as well because. It's gonna. It's gonna take. It's trading some players who have already become favorites. Uh, we saw in that draft board list is not the Durans and and Armias that uh, Dadnoffs that are on that list that that fans would be uh, you know cheering a trade. Other teams don't want those players. Other teams want a Sean Monahan. Uh, they want a Josh Anderson. Uh, they want a Joel Arm, uh, Edmondson. Um, so uh, it's going to take patience in that regard uh, in seeing some uh, some of those fan favorites go. And and again, um, three years, uh, if if the Canadians are able to make um, some some major moves um, the, to, to accelerate the, the, the rebuild, uh, this could uh, and I think the 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 athletic would acknowledge that. They they can't assume that that those moves are are being made. Their their scores are based on uh, the information that we have presently. Um, but if that roster is turned over more quickly than everyone expects, uh, then the Canadians could um, could be a playoff team uh, as early as twenty twenty five twenty twenty six. Yeah, and that's fair. We've seen uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. Uh, go out and get a Kirby doc over the summer uh, prospect. That's a lot further along uh, paying a pretty steep price to bring him in. 
I wouldn't be too, too surprised to see them uh, continue to try and find those types of players. Uh, you mentioned uh, patience is going to have to be a, a big topic going forward in this rebuild. How patient can the club be? How patient can the fan base be? And, uh, well, I guess my next question is how long will the fans be patient with this uh, Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes rebuild? And honestly, I, I feel like probably not very long as is. Uh, I think three years is probably the maximum that people are going to want to wait before they start to turn on everyone. I think realistically, though, if the organization came out and said that there was a clear direction, a clear t- commitment in uh, going through with the full rebuild, being patient and stuff, and they actually put their money where their mouth is and they weren't... Uh, you know, uh, going out of their way to keep uh, a Slavkovsky in the NHL as opposed to letting him have some time in the AHL, uh, stuff like that, focusing more on development as opposed to winning games now. Um, I think that fans could, you know, be more patient. They they could be very on board with it. But as is, I feel like uh, they've come out and they've said like a lot of the right things. But then what they've done hasn't always matched up. You know, they go out and they get a Mike Matheson, a veteran guy who's probably more of a for now guy as opposed to someone that's going to be developing into a good player later on. Uh, So we'll see how the fan base reacts. Like I said, I think they're split down the middle. And the fact that uh, half the fans are very much we're winning now, we're a playoff team as is, and then the other half of the fans are like, let's tank for a Bedard. I think patience is going to run thin very quickly over the next three years, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the fan base did turn on uh, uh, Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. You mentioned tanking for Bedard. I saw something on our our Facebook um, uh, page this week that the uh, reverse retro jerseys uh, should be called tank tops. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, with that, um, uh, yeah, are, are fans going to be uh, patient? Not very. I mean, not, not, not very. Um, winning is really seductive, you know? Yeah. You, you get a little taste of that even in a rebuild. This season, uh, early success for the Canadians – and it was oh hell ab- abandon the rebuild let's let's make the playoffs you see that from the vast majority of our fans and you also see it uh not only from fans who want to win who want to be happy who 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 uh deal with this um as entertainment uh you know they don't want to see loss after like the poor folks in Anaheim um you also see how seductive it is for a, a coach, especially an inexperienced coach like Marty St. Louis, uh, who is used to uh, winning in his career, how he has abandoned uh, some of his development principles. Uh, you know, he was going to be all devoted to development, all uh, uh, devoted to intentions, not results uh, when the season started. But, oh, get a little a taste of a few wins. And yes, we need Kirby Doc on the first line, um, the hell with the fact that he's going to be uh, the the future uh, second line center. Um, so it's 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 seductive for everyone, and and it's really difficult to to remain committed and re- remain disciplined uh, to to and, and not get tempted by uh, some of those short term fixes, short term taking shortcuts um, that. Um, 
you know, oh, I, I think we've rebuilt it, re- rebuilt enough. Well, let let's get some of that that uh, that that winning um, uh, taste, and and so I, I understand that that fans are are. Um, it's really difficult, uh, and and certainly we talked about New Jersey uh, year after year after year of uh, being at the the bottom of the standings. That that just wouldn't that just wouldn't fly. Uh, you know they uh, they lost in the Stanley Cup final in 2011 and 2012, and 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 since then. Um, it's been it's been misery for uh, for the fans for for ten years. Um, so it, you know, that that wouldn't happen. And now they're they're having great success this year. They're projected to have terrific success in another three years. Uh, that's all about what what uh, Jeff Gordon said, building that lasting success. Um, but. Can can the Canadians fans go through that mi- misery? Can um, can Jeff Molson be that patient? I I don't I don't think so. So you're going to see an accelerated rebuild, uh, and there's going to be this push pull, this back forth, back and forth. Uh, yes, we want <laughs> we want the the draft pick, but well, this winning stuff is pretty good too. Yeah, winning is pretty fun, but uh, at the end of the day, you don't want to be that team that, uh, you know, maybe squeaks into the playoffs every now and then, but most other years is kind of out of it, which I think is where this team probably ends up if they don't fully commit to the good rebuild there. Um, you know, we're, we're not talking about that Buffalo style rebuild where it's the better part of two decades where they're <laughs> just not a good team. Uh, hopefully something a little bit quicker than that. Uh yeah, like I said, I think New Jersey is probably the best template. But again, a, a full decade of being that bad, uh, I, I think that that's probably not a good thing. Maybe half that time. Uh, I personally, I think in about five years, Montreal Canadiens should for sure be a playoff team in that conversation. Um, three years, that might be a little bit too quick by my standards, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And uh, before we send off here, uh, Rick, uh, do you have any final comments? Well, the most important uh, thing I have to say is um, we've talked about various opinions, but the most important one is the opinion of our listeners. And we want to hear from you, as we always do. Uh, and so we'll remind you, we'll remind you first to subscribe uh, so that, that, that you, you don't miss any of our podcasts and you get a chance to, to contribute uh, share it, talk about it with uh, with your fellow Habs fans, uh, but then be sure to reach out to us on social media. Send us uh, an email, info at allhabs.net, or text us at 5853-ROCKET. And uh, now I think it's a good time to take our final break here. Uh, stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. 
Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 222 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853-ROCKET. So, this Montreal Canadiens team just it's always fascinating and they're just they're so difficult to keep up with, aren't they, Rick? <laughs> they are. Yeah, and honestly, we do our best to help everyone uh, stay up to date. So if you need to find everything that you need to know, the best way to do that is to go to allhabs.net to check out the All Habs hockey magazine. Weekly, Chris G puts out his uh, Habs notepad. He'll go through and he'll give you the news of basically everything and anything within this organization. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, Trois Rivières Lions, he does it all. So make sure you check that out. It comes out every Monday. Also, if you want a nice midweek update on the Montreal Canadiens, the best way to do that is subscribe to our YouTube channel at All Habs. Weekly on Thursday, the Habs Hockey Report comes out, hosted by Amy Johnson. This latest episode is entitled Habs Holiday Wish List. So make sure you check that out. Uh, leave a comment, like, and subscribe. Uh, any comments you leave, Amy Johnson will take the time to respond. Uh, she sometimes even reads them out on air. So make sure you get involved in the conversation there. Also, make sure you subscribe to both Rocket Sports Radio podcasts, starting with the Canadians Connection uh, that comes out every Saturday. Uh, that gives you the full week update of everything that's happened with the Montreal Canadiens and a big topic discussion. Every Tuesday, uh, the Press Zone comes out. Uh, you can check that out at thepresszone.fm. Make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, Patrick Williams, Amy Johnson, Rick Stevens, that's your best way to stay informed on Habs prospects, Laval Rocket, Anything to do with the AHL, that's your inside source. Honestly, it's a, it's a great podcast. I recommend checking that out if you haven't already. Wonderful podcast. Um, and as well, it's put together by our AHL report crew. 
Um, as you as you mentioned, Patrick Williams, Amy Johnson, uh, Chris G. Um, and when I want to know about the Laval Rocket, I just check the the AHL Report account on Twitter. That's at the AHL Report. And what it tells me right now, as we're um, in the middle of the broadcast, is that uh, the Laval Rocket had a a lead over the Cleveland Monsters, 4-3 at the end of the second period. Coming into into the third period, again, um, what's been the problem all year long for uh, the Laval Rocket taking bad penalties. Anthony Richard with a, a high-sticking penalty at the end of the second. Uh, Cleveland uh, has just uh, taken it. Cleveland has a really good power play. They've taken their first lead of the day, uh, 5-4 currently in the third period uh, for the Cleveland Monsters uh, over the Laval Rocket. Yeah, so make sure you follow the AHL report on Twitter to stay up to date with everything Laval Rocket. Uh, I know sometimes it's it's hard to find uh, information on uh, the AHL. That's uh, it's a really good resource to use and stay up to date with uh, everything uh, Laval Rocket for sure. And also, uh, if uh, you're interested, uh, the Rocket Sports team is recruiting. So if you are uh, passionate about hockey, a passionate Habs fan, uh, writer, you enjoy uh, podcasts, any kind of content uh, creation, reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, we'll have a little conversation with you, and we'll see if you're a good fit for the team. Uh, Rick, if people are interested in that, uh, where can they apply? Go to allhabs.net and uh, find the Join Our Team tab. Uh, click that, uh, fill out a couple of uh, just basic information and send that in to us and, and tell, you, tell us why. Uh, you want to join our fabulous Rocket Sports team. So now I think it's a good time for our Canadians Connection question of the week. Uh, The question is, where will the Canadians be in the standings three years from today? So you got to hear from The Athletic, you got to hear from me, you got to hear from Rick. Uh, We want to hear from all of our fans. Let us know where you think they'll be. Uh, Is the rebuild over now? Is it going to still be ongoing three years from now? Uh, We want to make sure that uh, you reach out and let us know. And uh, also, uh, as uh, this is the Have Your Say segment, uh, we did get uh, an email from one of our uh, listeners, a longtime listener, Dino. And uh, Rick, uh, what did he have to say to us? Well, uh, he's commenting on uh, last week's podcast. It was the hot topics change, uh, change my mind. We read out a number of statements um, in last week's podcast and uh, asked you to uh, let us know uh, your opinions. And, and Dino uh, says, uh, says hello to both uh, Michael and myself. Um, he said some interesting stuff, uh, very thought-provoking. Um, is Arbor Jacki the most popular? True, right up there uh, with others in my books for sure. Caden Gooley, a hidden gem in shootouts. No, <laughs> only in practice. <laughs> and yeah, that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. But he adds, Dino adds, Caden uh, is better uh, that he's one of our MVPs uh, so far, uh, period. Uh, the Laval Rocket, um, one of the best teams in the AHL, as uh, the Canadians analytics folks said, uh, no. Uh, 30th overall, uh, we haven't seen uh, any kind of proof in the pudding there. Uh, Canadians in the playoff hunt, uh, Dino agrees with that. Absolutely true. Uh, whether uh, whether in development, whether in transition, is not winning job one 
uh, and winning takes us to the dance. He thinks uh, the Canadians are presently uh, a playoff team. Um, uh, well, he says he, he's hopeful, uh, but there's low expectations, and, and that's to be determined. And is Kirby Dock a top six winger? False. Uh, we talked about uh, lots of folks think that uh, he should be deployed at the wing and not his natural pos- uh, center position. Dino says he's a natural center playing on the wing because of his uh, lack of offense in Chicago. Uh, he's a shutdown center, uh, defensive defensive specialist in the mold of Jake Evans. Just got to get his um, uh, offense up up there, and uh, then he will see if he can be a second line center. And Carey Price, uh, the last question. Carey Price is class incorporated. Uh, unfortunately, others are not, says Dino. Uh, very well said, all of it. Um, and uh, really like hearing from all of our, our listeners, the texts, the emails, uh, and the social media posts. Yeah, I appreciate the email, Dino. Uh, continue reaching out to us, letting us know all your thoughts. And uh, to all our other listeners, uh, feel free to get involved in the conversation. Uh, it's, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we read through everything that you guys let us know. And uh, uh, like we did today, sometimes if we have time, we'll even uh, read it out on air. So uh, continue to give us uh, your texts, emails, and uh, reach out to us on social media. So coming up, uh, the Montreal Canadiens do have a very busy week. Starting with tonight, uh, Saturday, December the 17th, uh, Tampa Bay is taking a trip into Montreal. So uh, I guess that's a Stanley Cup final rematch. Is that fair? I don't know. <laughs> uh, then uh, cue up uh, the Jake Allen quote because uh, Montreal is heading into Arizona and uh, on the 19th. So it's going to be some nice hot weather for them. They get a break from the cold. On the 21st of December, Montreal takes a trip into Colorado, so back up in the mountains. Uh, might be a little bit chilly for them there, but uh, nevertheless, should be a nice view. And then on the 23rd, uh, Montreal heads uh, down to Dallas, uh, so nice to see that uh, they'll take in a little bit more uh, warm weather before they head off on their holiday break. Some later games there uh, as they, they head out west, so be sure that uh, you're visiting uh, every day, allhabs.net, reading our game previews, and, uh, and, and if you miss anything, being there for the, the recaps as well. Yeah, if you're not interested in putting on the pot of coffee uh, for 10 p.m. Uh, or 9.30 even, because that's sometimes when I end up in bed, uh, make sure you check out uh, allhabs.net the next day, and uh, we'll give you the full recap of everything that happened. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite uh, podcasting app. And you can share on social media if you liked what you heard. Enjoy the week and we'll be back here next Saturday, December the 24th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.